All right, I think our prediction is going to be more accurate than we even dreamed about the overreach of the crazy lunatic fringe that is now known as the new democratic extreme radical new Green Deal Socialist Party. It just is not going to work out the way they think. It, the, the Democrats have this incredible, uncanny power to constantly, consistently overreach, and they're doing it, and it's as obvious as it has ever been. You look, they, but I got to say something. Nobody else will say this. I am thankful the media mob that they are who they are because they have now in this in this rage filled psychotic effort to smear Donald Trump or anybody that likes Donald Trump. Well, look at what they have done. They they have given him a gift for reelection. In my view, this is all going to be the same impact as the Russia witch hunt. Democrats to launch an impeachment meeting at four. And Nancy Pelosi is telling the world they are ready. OK, what for? What what are they impeaching him for? OK, sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe 30330. Um, OK, well, he's calling for impeach. Of course, he wants to impeach because he doesn't want the focus where this is now inevitably going. The focus is going to be on him. It's going to be on the abuse of power. It's going to be on his billion dollars of tax money that he leveraged to get the prosecutor fired. That was investigating his son and his son's relationship to this questionable Ukrainian gas and oil company, especially because the kid had no background or experience in any of this. They, they have now done a everybody that is a conservative a huge favor. The next thing that they did, too, is they've now shown that there's this is the real deal psychosis, because what they don't know about this is more than they do know about this. And it just shows how they just trigger happy. You know, what was last week about? Well, you know, we're going to bring back Corey Lewandowski. We'll find a way to impeach him. We got to find the reason to impeach him. And if you ask Nadler or Schiff in the weeks leading up to this week why they were going to attempt to impeach President Trump, they didn't have an answer. They were in search of a of a pre determined conclusion. They, they, all they know is they want to impeach him because they don't like him. And because they don't like him and they didn't get what they wanted from Mueller, they, they'll do say anything that they can to make it happen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Every American needs to think about this, too. How does any of these shenanigans help any American in any way, shape, manner, or form. I mean, do they ever care about, oh, Donald Trump's created 7 million jobs and we're going on now 7 million Americans off of food stamps and, oh, we now have record low unemployment, the best employment scenario in this country since 1969. I am aging myself. I was eight years old. The Mets won the World Series, the New York Mets. I can tell you the entire lineup of the New York Mets team. Ray Sadecki, Jerry Kuzman, Tom Seaver, uh, Tug McGraw in the, in the bullpen. I mean, one of the greatest teams ever. 
And I can go on with the rest. I've done it before. So what they've unintentionally done here is they have now stumbled onto a story that we have exposed numerous times on radio and TV. And what are the very credible claims of real corruption at the highest levels, a pay to play scheme surrounding that would be sleepy, creepy, crazy Joe three Oh three three Oh. And, you know, I, I want to go through it all slowly because it also goes beyond that. And when you lay it out step by step, even the media mob, if they tried, they might be able to follow the bouncing ball and where the facts lead us in this case, because, all right, last week we get a report surfacing an unnamed whistleblower accusing President Trump of making an illicit unknown promise to Ukraine's president during a recent phone call. And it sounded like, well, what did the president say? What did the president offer? What did the president say he'd give them? Well, every source we have that has been able to confirm says there is no quid pro quo. And then the media, they they hype it up the second that story breaks because they needed something to to cling on to because they had nothing left with Russia, Russia, Russia. Impeach, impeach, impeach. Stormy, stormy, stormy. You know, whatever. And every other narrative that they've used. So the reports surface about the whistleblower. Then they breathlessly go on for days and we find out, oh, the initial reporting is wrong. That what happened is, again, after we watched the predictable, obsessive, compulsive level of hysteria, because everything they else they, they've thrown at Donald Trump has not worked out. Then we find out, oh, it was not firsthand information. This was secondhand information. Oh, it wasn't a real whistleblower. So somebody told the whistleblower that's whistleblowing that something had happened. That is called hearsay. That is not admissible in a court of law. That is not evidence. That is not a whistleblower by definition by the federal government. But yet they went with it as if it was. And they claim that the president wanted Ukraine to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. Now, what the media forgot is all during the Russia collusion narrative they were all jacked up on finding out whether or not Russia, Russia had, in fact, tried to influence in the 2016 elections. OK, well, there was no there there. We now have the FBI nine month investigation. We had the Senate bipartisan committee investigation. We had the House Intel Committee investigation culminating with the grand crescendo known as the Mueller report. Yeah, no evidence of collusion, no obstruction. So and they were shocked. They didn't know how to take it. So let's cling to the next conspiracy. We're not going to learn from our mistakes. We're not going to examine our consciences and we're not going to admit, certainly, to the American people that we've lied to them, that we perpetrated conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory. We're not going to acknowledge our failures and we're not going to retract the false stories that we kept pushing and pushing on the American people. Why would they do that? They're just going to double down and move to the next issue without any facts, without any information. The whistleblower 
was never heard the so-called call in question. It was never firsthand information by a real whistleblower. The allegations from the get go were hearsay. Even fake news CNN reported over the weekend, quote, the whistleblower didn't have direct knowledge of the communications. Whoopsie daisy, more bad reporting. And meanwhile, you have the Ukrainian, new, the new president, the foreign minister. They have come out and denied completely that President Trump put any pressure on the Ukrainian government or the Ukrainian president. Even the Washington Post said there was no explicit quid pro quo. So what is the impeachment meeting by the Democrats at four o'clock today and about 45 minutes from right right now supposed to be about? I guess we'll find out either during this show or sometime thereafter. But I got to tell you, it is clear that this four day media hysteria meltdown advancing more lies and conspiracy theories, rushing to judgment, no due process ever, especially if it's all things Trump, and more selective, phony moral outrage. Because if they cared about Russian interference, they would have cared about Hillary's dirty Russian dossier. Even the New York Times acknowledging that was likely Russian disinformation from the get-go. They would care about that. If they had cared about obstruction, they would have cared about Hillary and the deleted emails and the bleach bit and the hammers. If they cared about, you know, me too. And I believe, I believe, I believe they would probably be saying the same thing about the Lieutenant governor and the Commonwealth of Virginia. But it's again, if you can't bludgeon Trump, they're not interested. Remember John Solomon even said the Ukraine, Ukrainian government was dying to give us information about how they tried to help Hillary Clinton. In the 2016 election and impact our elections. Well, I thought they cared about interference like this. Well, they don't. This is pure political hype. And I got to tell you, I've got to believe after the letdown and the lying for three years that the American people are going to watch this insanity and circus unfold now. They're going to say they've seen this movie before. They're going to say they know how it probably ends, not the way those people want it to end. And they're probably going to say, you know what? We sent people to Washington for bigger issues than this. You know, where are your plans to keep this country safe and secure? Where are your plans to grow the economy? Where are your plans to create wealth and jobs? Where are your plans? You know, the only plans we now hear is that they want to take away the lifeblood of our economy oil and gas. They want to get rid of, I know it's kind of bizarre. They want to get rid of the combustion engine, eventually planes, and they eventually want to get rid of cows. But in the meantime, the $94 trillion price tag over 10 years for this fantasy of theirs, it is impossible. You know, daycare, childcare, pre-K, Kindergarten through 12th grade, college free, guaranteed jobs, guaranteed government vacations, guaranteed healthy food, guaranteed retirement. Everything's guaranteed. Every fear that any individual may have in their life, whether you are willing or unwilling to work. I'm like, okay, and who's going to pay for all that? Medicare for all with no options in the private from private companies, 
Well, that would funnel every single American into Obamacare. Keep your doctor plan, save money on steroids and human growth hormone without a safety hatch. We'd all be stuck and it wouldn't work out well. I know so many doctors, they don't want their own kids to ever go into medicine. Why? Because they see what the government is imposed on doctors. Dictate, you know, an office visit, 20 bucks. Um, well, the, the, maybe that buys you like 30 seconds. The doctor walks in, looks you up and down. Oh, you look pretty healthy. You look fine. Uh, okay, 20 bucks. See ya. How else is he going to make money? If he took your blood pressure, he's already losing money. If he looked inside your throat, he's losing money. If he checked your ears, he's losing money. If you say, well, I have high blood pressure, I have no more time, $20, your 20 bucks is up because that's all the government will pay me. All right, as we uh, roll along Sean Hannity show, so let's see if my instincts, my gut is right here. So John Roberts, had, now listen to what Biden is saying. Let's dip into Biden because Biden now wants the president impeached, but this is, Trump believes he's above the law. No, that would be Biden using a billion of our tax dollars to fire the prosecutor investigating his son who's making a fortune from a company in Ukraine uh, and he had no background at all in this. Listen in. Chief, the Congress does not, the president does not, does not comply uh, with such a request from the Congress. He continues to obstruct Congress and flout the law. Uh-huh. Donald Trump will leave Congress, in my view, no choice but to initiate impeachment. That would be a tragedy, but a tragedy of his own making. I've always believed, and still do, that America is a truly special and unique nation, better than any other nation in history. We have made the experiment of self-government work. We've always been a beacon to other countries around the world. We know who Donald Trump is. It's time to let the world know who we are. Thank you very much. Hey, Mr. Vice President. Tell us about the billion dollars in taxpayer money that you were bragging about. Uh, you're not getting a billion dollars. I'm, I'm leaving here in about six hours. And by the way, unless you fire the prosecutor, I'm not giving you that billion dollars. I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a. Well, son of a fire. He got fired. And I used taxpayer money, a billion dollars, and I leveraged it to get the guy fired that was investigating my own son. I'm going to go through this at the bottom, right after the news at the bottom of the hour in great specificity and detail. And then we'll go over Hunter Biden's actions and behavior and money that he made in another industry, private equity. Again, he had no background or experience in any of it. That's all coming up. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Yes, the news you won't get from the mob. Straight ahead. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. All right, sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe 30330 now wants Trump impeached. Of course he does. 
Let me give you the timeline on Ukraine, and then we're going to give you the timeline on Hunter Biden and China, along with his dad in that case. Now, if we start and and again, the media will never report this, but this is very damning because it all let's go back to 2014 in 2014. President Obama appointed his vice president Biden to lead the administration's efforts in Ukraine. Only a few months later, in April 2014, same year, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, well, he scored a very lucrative position on the board of this massive Ukrainian gas company that we've been telling you about. It's called Burisma Holdings. Now, a few months later, uh, that's what happened. Again, he was just appointed by Obama. Then Hunter Biden, according to all the reports, we have looked deep Peter Schweitzer has looked. John Solomon has looked. Nobody can find that Hunter Biden ever had any experience in the energy industry. He was thrown out of school for very serious reasons. Now, he had no experience in the oil and gas sector. He had no experience in the country of Ukraine. It's not like he was a Ukraine expert. But this giant Ukrainian oil and gas company, well, they reportedly shelled out more than three million dollars This was $83,000 a month for him and $83,000 a month for his partner. And that went on till not that long ago, but millions of dollars. Okay, why? What what did Hunter Biden do for them? Not like he has any experience in this industry. But anyway, that's what the the Ukrainian oil and gas company did. It's called Burisma Holdings. So. All this money goes to them. Then a year later, in November of 2015, Joe Biden, this is where it gets interesting. He, Joe Biden, was advised by the New York Times that his son, Hunter, was under investigation by Ukraine authorities. Uh Uh-oh. Then in December of 2015, Joe Biden made his first request to the president, then president of Ukraine, to fire the prosecutor that was leading the corruption investigation into Burisma Holdings, the energy company that was paying his son, Hunter Biden, the company that was making his son a millionaire. So right there on the surface, it looks like the classic definition of what we call a play to pay scheme. Now, let's stay with the timeline in March of 2016. John Solomon reporting that the vice president knew that this prosecutor was investigating his son. Joe Biden knew that the prosecutor was about to conduct an interview with his son, Hunter Biden. So what did then vice president sleepy, creepy Joe 30330 do? Well, sleazy Joe actually leveraged. And this is the tape. We'll play it again. Because this is him bragging about what he did. Now, why would a vice president of the United States of America ever feel a need or a compulsion to ask for the firing of a Ukraine prosecutor? Why would that ever be a situation? I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a. 
Got fired. Well, son of a got fired. Amazing if you have the power of a billion taxpayer dollars to influence the people there. So what we're seeing unfolding before our eyes is a very panicked Democratic Party. This is where the media mob and the Democrats are doing us a favor. Nancy Pelosi, they're meeting at four on impeachment. We are ready. Okay, for what? A whistleblower that wasn't a whistleblower? That didn't have firsthand information on anything? A leak from the intelligence community again, six ways but Sunday? That's the way Chuck Schumer described them. Anyway, if you care about the law after Biden's bragging about it on camera, we now know that U.S. law is that all federal officials avoid even the appearance of a conflict of interest when conducting any U.S. foreign policy. And clearly this was no concern of then Vice President Joe 30330. And it's apparently not a concern to the media mob either, because this this the word impeachment to them is like manna from heaven. Because they got blown out of the water the first time and they want to go back and they don't want to admit they're wrong. So we'll just say, we'll impeach them for that. Forget everything else we lied about for the last three years. So they're now doing their best to cover for the declining 2020 so-called front runner. Although he's now down in Iowa and don't believe his campaign when they say Iowa, New Hampshire don't matter. Oh, they matter. Now they're running wild. They, they did this now for three years. They never apologized. They never revised, extended their remarks. They never changed their behavior. They're just looking for the next thing. Anyway, I guess they didn't see the tape. Of Bri- Maybe they didn't see Biden bragging about getting Ukrainian prosecutor fired. I mean, does that sound a little odd why a vice president would want a prosecutor in Ukraine fired? And it turns out his son is in business with the oil company that prosecutors investigating. And yeah, they want to they want to interview him, too. Now, I don't think it's that they don't care. They, they just the only thing that matters now to them is hating and getting Trump. That is their goal. That is their they open their eyes and that's their fixation, their obsession. You know, notice when Peter Ducey asked Biden about his conflicts of interest in Ukraine, he just lost. You're asking the wrong questions, kid. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you know? Let's talk about, here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right questions. Uh, yeah, abuse of power would be you leveraging our money to protect your own son from a prosecutor in Ukraine. That, that would be a pretty bad abuse of power. So what he said there is, frankly, just an outright lie, because he, he's also saying that, well, I, I never talked to my son about business. But yet 
In July, he told The New Yorker that he has, in fact, spoken with his son about his Ukrainian business deals. Whoopsie-daisy. Joe contradicting himself. In a court of law, that would be a big deal. Now, ultimately, this represents a clear pattern of, you know, hypocrisy, projection, a double standard, selective moral outrage. But we kind of all become accustomed to that. And, you know, they accused the president of a quid pro quo with Ukraine while it was actually Vice President Joe Biden and his billion dollar quid pro quo using our money to do it. And the left spins in circles over a mere allegation of a promise between President Trump and the president of Ukraine, but barely yawns when Obama's caught on tape. Oh, well, tell Vladimir we'll have more flexibility after the election. That's not a big deal to him either. You know, now for two and a half plus years, now three years really going on. We got, you know, we got Adam Schiff on the phone thinking he's getting dirt on Trump from a Russian. What is the nature of the compromise? A naked picture, Donald Trump, naked picture. Well, did you tell Vladimir? Yeah, but of course, Vladimir see the naked picture of Trump. He sees that. He see the naked picture. Okay, is that, is he not conspiring? They didn't care about the Hillary dirty dossier either. They accused the Trump campaign of working with Russia to spread misinformation. Hillary buys a Russian dossier. New York Times even saying likely Russian disinformation from the start. You know, they've all now tried and attempted, you know, DNC contractors in 20 say trying to persuade the country of Ukraine. John Solomon's reporting Ukraine worked on behalf of Hillary to try and influence our elections. Why didn't anyone in the media care about that? I cared about it. Now, if you look at issue number two, this was in Peter Schweitzer's book, you know, these the, his secret empire book. Now, in 2009, a group is put together Rosemont Seneca Partners. It started by Hunter Biden, Devon Archer. He's the other one that got paid in this Ukrainian deal. And Chris Hines, Hunter Biden visits China with Archer to meet with top Chinese officials. OK, he was on Air Force Two with his dad. But anyway, they. That was at a later date. They partner with a group called the Thornton Group. That's a Massachusetts. Now, get this. A Massachusetts-based company headed by a guy by the name of James Bulger. Who is James Bulger? Oh, he's the son of the famed mob hitman. That would be James Whitey Bulger. And the meeting occurred only hours before Biden met with the Chinese president. Now, in December of 2013, Hunter Biden is on Air Force Two with his with his dad. Ten days later, he finalizes a deal between Biden. It was actually 14 days later. Now, Archer, Biden, the Chinese. This is a deal with the Chinese government worth a billion dollars. He has no background that anybody has shown me that had anything to do with private equity. I would think if the Chinese government is going to spend that kind of money and then a billion expanded to one point five billion dollars. But if they get an unprecedented deal in the Shanghai free trade zone. Nobody else has this deal. And Biden's son got it after he flew on Air Force Two two weeks after he got back home. Now, so you got Hunter Biden, Devin Archer. They joined the, the board. Uh, and, and Archer met with Biden and Joe Biden in the White House in April of 20, April of 2014. And that same month, Hunter Biden, Devin Archer joined the board of Burisma 
And that's when they hired were hired as consultants and paid themselves 83 grand apiece. And then days later, on April 21st, 2014, that's when Biden makes an official visit to Ukraine. And he announced that, you know, for the Ukraine energy sector, and he announces that the IMF will be pumping a billion dollars into Ukraine as his son just got a huge multi-million dollar consulting deal with no background or experience in any of this. In August of 2015, Rosemont Realty, a sister company of Rosemont Seneca, where Hunter was an advisor, well, they announced that Gemini Investments was buying a 75% stake in the company. Gemini is an offshoot of a company called Costco, not the Costco's that you're thinking, a Chinese company tied, you know, to military efforts. The deal includes a $3 billion commitment from the Chinese. Now, you know, where there's that much smoke, there's also fire at some point, you know, and here's something pretty interesting. I mean, Joe Biden's son, I saw in the, I think it was the Federalist. I forgot where we found this. But, you know, Joe, you know, we have the vice president weaving this web of his telling reporters he didn't know about what his son was doing in Ukraine. But that contradicted, as we pointed out, the things that he said in The New Yorker. And he lied to Peter Ducey over the weekend. And here I know Trump deserves to be investigated. Yet Trump's been investigated every single second of every single day. But. Now they're going to move forward with this impeachment. So we're going to we're going to watch this all throughout the afternoon and see what happens here. But I will tell you, there is no reason for this. You know, it's like the the, the American spectator whistle whistle blowing in the wind. Not a whistleblower. That was the other lie. It wasn't firsthand information. That was another lie. There's a, a series of lies here that just go on that are so extensive. So this scandal now threatens to ensnare Obama, too, in all of this. New York Post had a good point about this today. And the Ukraine's foreign minister, Trump, didn't pressure us to open an investigation into Biden. Then you have uh, Washington Post. What the media isn't telling you about Trump's decision to delay funding to Ukraine. And, you know, he told his acting chief of staff, Mick Mulaney, to hold back 400 million in military aid. Oh, boy, that's a big story, right? And this order to withhold military aid a week before his July 25th call with the Ukrainian president is likely to raise questions. And Senator Chris Murphy complained, well, the Ukrainians decided not to reopen an investigation into Biden's son, and they still got the money. So that fell apart pretty quick. And Biden trying to intimidate the press into not covering it. He's desperate. And then you have the Clinton scandal of You know, veterans urge Biden to keep stonewalling on the Ukraine questions. And Biden's warning to Hunter shows that he knew his son's Ukrainian deal was fishy. That goes back to the New Yorker once again. All right. I'm trying to understand this. Sidney Powell has just pointed out that uh, Judge Trenga in the EDVA uh, just entered a 39 page decision granting and acquittal in the uh, what do you what's Rafikon Kian's uh, case? I think is that how you pronounce it. Uh, anyway, we've got a lot to get to. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean is on number. The big news, obviously, Democrats now meeting on possible impeachment, and Pelosi expected to formally announce it. It is a foregone conclusion. They've been searching, and now they got it. 
Anyway, Greg Jarrett is uh, with us. Bruce Marks also with us. Greg Jarrett, of course, author of the now-released Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Bruce Marks, attorney, operates a law firm which practices between Ukraine, Russia, and the U.S. Um, all right, Greg, you could probably make more sense of this than me, but it literally just passed the wire like 30 seconds as I'm coming on here. Yeah, the, I'm just looking at it right now, um, and this is a case that is arguably comparable uh, to the Flynn case, but you know, Sean, it, it just was handed down, and until I read it in its entirety, I really can't make a legal judgment. But um, Sidney Powell, who is defending uh, Flynn, General Michael Flynn, is making the argument that uh, the case against Flynn ought to be thrown out by the judge because uh, prosecutors, uh, the Mueller special counsel team, including Andrew Weissman and others, hid exculpatory evidence, which under the law they're required to provide, and and not just one or two pages. We are talking about volumes and volumes of exculpatory information. And by and the way, the I judge like- in the Flynn case has a history of being willing, being very, very angry when these shenanigans are and prosecutorial abuse takes place and exculpatory evidence withheld because he was the one that overturned the whole issue as it relates to Senator Ted Stevens. A little too late for his career, but he did it. Yes, you're absolutely correct. So this is a judge uh, who is well aware that prosecutors all too often engage in misconduct. They lie. They conceal vital evidence. Um, and that's a grounds for a judge to throw out a case. This judge in the Flynn case has to be concerned that not only uh, were Mueller's lawyers uh, allegedly concealing and hiding evidence, covering it up, um, but that they actually prosecuted a guy who told the truth. They, they, they prosecuted a guy and forced him to plead a line when, in fact, he didn't lie at all. Uh, and I write, I de- devote an entire chapter of my book, Chapter 8, to what I call collateral damage, which was Michael Flynn. He was railroaded. He was pressured into making a plea because Mueller wanted him to flip against Donald Trump and say something incriminating, even though Flynn had nothing incriminating to say. This is an unconscionable tactic by prosecutors. I cite other examples in my new book of how they literally put pieces of paper in front of potential witnesses and said, sign this lie or we'll come after you with a vengeance. Uh, Now, that's suborning perjury, as you and I have talked before. And yet when Mueller does it, it seems to be perfectly okay. And let's get your take on that, Bruce Marks, and we'll pull up, you know, more of the information. I'm literally printing out the ruling as we speak. But go and what it's saying here is they talked about the judge who says memoranda opinion after a six day trial, the defendant in the case convicted one count of conspiracy violation, one count acting in the United States as an unregistered agent of a foreign government, the government of Turkey violation. Give the U.S. Code 18 U.S. Code uh, 951 defendant move for a judgment of acquittal at the close of the government's case. Uh, in chief uh, renewed the motion at the close of 
all the evidence and following the verdict, file a motion for judgment of acquittal under federal rule of criminal procedure. And they give that procedure. They give the motions for that. The court held a hearing on this in September, September 12, 2019, at the conclusion of which it took them under advisement for reasons stated below. The evidence was insufficient as a matter of law for the jury to convict on either count because the verdict was against the heavy weight of the evidence and because of other issues pertaining pertaining to the conduct of that trial, as discussed below, things you're mentioning, Greg, and a new trial is also warranted in the interest of justice should the court's judgment of acquittal be later vacated or reversed. It's pretty interesting. According to the motions for acquittal are granted and the motion for a new trial is conditionally granted. How do you take that, Uh, Mark? I'm sorry, Bruce Marks. I mean, it's a stunning result. Uh, I do some criminal work, you know, not a lot. And when you're in court against the federal government, you have a tough road to to hoe. Uh, It it, it is just so rare that a federal judge does this. On the one hand, you know, I think it gives us faith in the judiciary. Uh, On the other, and I say this sadly, it really calls into question a lot of what the government, the, the prosecutors are doing, particularly when these matters relate to Donald Trump, and perhaps it will be encouraging as far as, um, you know, Mr. Flynn is concerned, uh, because I think he's trying to, uh, you know, overturn his uh, guilty plea. Well, I mean, uh, over time. All right. Now to the issue at hand, the Democrats, as we speak, Greg Jarrett, by the way, doesn't it seem an awful, don't you see a lot of similarities to the Russia witch hunt? Because they're now meeting behind closed doors and Nancy Pelosi is expected to come out and call for a formal impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. For what reason? Well, it would be a whistleblower report that we now know is secondhand that the Washington Post is saying did not have a quid pro quo in it. In other words, what was reported initially apparently is wrong. So why they're just grasping at straws? What are they doing here? Well, they're getting way ahead of themselves. I don't know how you can justify uh, launching formal impeachment uh, proceedings when you don't even know, A, who the whistleblower is, B, what his complaint states, C, the conversation that the president had with the president of Ukraine, uh, D, whether there was any quid pro quo as alleged and now by the Wall Street Journal uh, debunked. I mean, these are all not just salient facts. These are critical, vital facts. Um, And, you know, this is another example of Democrats and the media, quite frankly, uh, getting way out over their skis and putting a conclusion before the predicate and the facts here. You know, let's get the facts first. Let's be fair and and objective and neutral here before we even launch an investigation. How do we know the investigation is even justified until we know some of the fundamental facts? I think that's well said. But, you know, what we first what was first reported turned out to be wrong. This isn't a whistleblower. This is somebody that had secondhand information. I guess, Bruce, you're an attorney. That would be hearsay. Is that admissible in a court of law? 
uh, generally speaking, Sean, hearsay is not. But what's even worse about this, I mean, it, there's not only a rush to impeachment, it sounds to me it's a rush to people who want to be on CNN tonight, because Donald Trump said, I think earlier today, that he was going to release a transcript of his conversation with Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky. So why in the world would you have a, a decision or a vote on this today when the transcript is going to come out tomorrow? I it really does say something, doesn't it? Uh, let well, me let me just take a, a brief detour here because I'm getting some information. So why that why Sidney Powell is paying so much attention to this as the attorney for General Flynn? Because if you go back and, and Greg, you would remember this when General Flynn at his first sentencing hearing, Judge Sullivan in that case, you know, it they he was told they told Sullivan that they wouldn't have been able to charge they would have been able to charge General Flynn for a FARA violation, which by the way is usually a slap on the wrist stuff. And what's interesting there was you know, that's where the whole ridiculousness of treason. This is a 33-year veteran in this country came from. Then Sullivan retracted at the end of the hearing, but not before the mainstream media. Remember, they picked up that that big blow up and then he came back out and apologized. And anyway, this I'm, I'm just looking through this as we speak. So I think there's relevancy here. So if they get over their skis and if there was the president saying that he wants the truth from Ukraine, but there's no quid pro quo, is there any legal issues for the president that would be impeachable? Greg Jarrett. It depends on the president's intent. If his intent is purely to ask the Ukrainians um, to stop the corruption and to investigate, you know, corrupt acts, um, and and that is his intent. Uh, my goodness, of course, presidents uh, ask all kinds of uh, things of foreign countries, especially. Those countries, we provide uh, millions and billions of dollars in aid. So, but if his intent is to damage his political opponent, Democrats will certainly argue that that is a violation of the law. So it depends on the president's intent. But we don't know his intent until we actually see his words in the conversation. All we have, as you point out appropriately, Sean, is all we have is hearsay from a guy who didn't actually listen in on the conversation. Well, and again, we're now getting reports there was no quid pro quo. We're getting reports that it was secondhand information. So it wasn't even a whistleblower from the get-go, right? Well, they, they, they look at the whistleblower statute. Uh, you can't blow the whistle on the president of the United States. That's uh, point number one. Um, point number two, the relevant statute here says that the complainant, who is a member of the intelligence community, can only complain about conduct or misconduct within the intelligence community of which the president is not. Under our constitutional form of government, the president is a unitary executive. He is not subject to the rules and conditions of conduct within the various departments. The departments report to him. So the, uh, the director of national intelligence, who will be testifying on Thursday, and that will be an important day, took a look at this complaint and said this is not a legitimate uh, whistleblower complaint because the president um, is not a member of the intelligence community. That was backed up by the Department of Justice as well as the legal counsel for the DNI. So uh, there is no legal basis uh, to 
require the intelligence community or the DNI to produce the complaint to Congress. So we'll wait and see what McGuire does on Thursday in that regard. I am confident he will explain it exactly as I just did. Which one of you guys has your little ding on your phone on? Because you got to turn it off. One of you have it on. <laughs> Might have been me. My yeah. Apologies. I mean, Mr. Jarrett, really, after all these years we've spent together, you write books, you got your new, when's your new book out? My book is out August 8th, two weeks from today. It's available August, you mean, pre-order. You mean that would be October? October, October 8th, isn't that what I said? I thought you said August. Anyway, what no, did you? Uh, I'm sorry, October 8th, uh, two it's weeks right. from today, available for pre-order right now. The real story here, though, is now the media has opened up the door that we can finally get to the bottom of the money that and the relationships uh, that Hunter Biden had as a result of his father's work. Uh, Didn't have experience, oil, gas, energy at all. Uh, And then Joe Biden is literally leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars, Greg Jarrett, to say either you fire the prosecutor or uh, I'm not giving you the money. The very thing that they're accusing Donald Trump of, they're guilty of. Yeah, you know, this is so amazing that the media lit their hair on fire, uh, claiming that what Trump did was quid pro quo. It apparently is not, according to the Wall Street Journal and others, but reporters completely ignore Biden's quid pro quo. He is seen bragging on videotape about how he threatened to withhold a billion dollars in American taxpayer money unless the prosecutor in Ukraine was fired. That prosecutor was investigating Biden's son's company. Um, so the the actions of Biden uh, in misusing and abusing his position as vice president was designed uh, allegedly to help his own son. That's corrupt. Uh, that is arguably criminal. Uh, yet the media pays no attention to any of that. All right, uh, Bruce, we'll get your last word. Greg is going to stay with us a few minutes after the break. But Bruce Marks, your final thoughts on this. What happens to Biden in this? Well, yeah, I'm just going to tell you one Russian word. It's Krisha. It means cover. People in countries like Ukraine, Ukraine people, like Ukraine, pay people to protect them. The guy who hired Biden's son, Zlobchevsky, was associated, and he was in the cabinet of the corrupt president, Yanukovych, who was forced to flee to Russia. For those of us who do business in Ukraine, it couldn't have been more obvious that the reason that he was hiring Biden's son is because he needed a Kresha. He needed a cover to protect himself, and the cover was Joe Biden. It's really that simple. Bruce Marks, thank you. Greg stays with us. Uh, we are awaiting Nancy Pelosi. She is going to formally announce an impeachment inquiry into Joe. B- oh, I'm sorry. President Trump over what? Well, they don't really have a. A good answer to that. Uh, now they've opened the door, and that means, yeah, all of these shenanigans with Ukraine and China are all now going to come out bubbling to the surface. And here we go again. It'll be a major, massive boomerang. I'm telling you, this is a, this is so easy to see it. There is, uh, according to what we're getting on the screen, there's a little bit of a what you might call now a breaking tweet from the president um, who says that um, tomorrow they will release a transcript of the 
the Zelensky call. So my question to you is, if you see that transcript and it is more benign than we've been led to believe, will you? do you think that your caucus might stand down a little bit? No. Or do you think that the caucus is at a boil right now? I mean, you're going to find out no, in the next No, it's not about hours. that. This is about the Constitution of the United States. And we have many other, shall we say, uh, candidates for impeachable offense in terms of the Constitution of the United States. But this one is the most understandable by the public. And it's really important to know this. It is, there is no requirement there be a quid pro quo in the conversation. If the president brings up, he wants them to investigate something, that's to the, of his political opponent. That is self-evident that it is not right. We don't ask foreign governments to help us in our elections. That's what we try to stop with Russia. It's wrong. All right, so it doesn't matter what happened with Ukraine. We're going to impeach him anyway. And Nancy Pelosi expected to formally announce an impeachment inquiry at 5 p.m. today. Uh, Donald J. Trump, we will impeach him. We will get rid of him. We wake up every single morning, our eyes open. Before we take that first breath, before we have any conscious thought, immediately the psychosis, the rage, the hate, the obsessive compulsive madness sneaks in. And from the moment those eyes open and that first breath is taken, we know that every second, every minute, every hour of every 24-hour day, it will be fixated and focused on Donald J. Trump. Donald Trump lives in their heads, in their minds. They won't talk about his success. They won't talk what high crime and misdemeanor. There is none. Donald Trump, seven million new jobs. Donald Trump, two Supreme Court appointments. Donald Trump, the highest, the greatest, biggest tax cut in American history. Donald J. Trump, yes, cutting more bureaucracy than more presidents in the last four decades. Donald Trump found a way to fund the wall. Donald Trump got the trade deal with Mexico, with Japan with Canada, with Western European allies. NATO is now paying more. Donald J. Trump pushed back the caliphate in Syria, step by step, systematically, town by town, blowing them into smithereens. But do they ever talk about that in the media mob? They do not. The best employment situation since 1969. The Mets won the World Series. We have record low unemployment, African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workforce. And Nancy Pelosi is now going. Oh, and by the way, the president will release the unredacted transcript of the entire call with the Ukrainian leader involving former Vice President Biden. And by the way, I'm told in no uncertain terms, there is not a quid pro quo whatsoever. I have now had numerous, numerous sources that know there was no quid pro quo. Did the president talk about Ukraine? Yes. Did he talk about Biden? Yes. Did he talk about Ukrainian corruption? Yes. Well, part of the corruption, how is it that Joe Biden's son made all of this money? How does the media mob not even discuss 
the idea that a sitting vice president of the United States of America leveraged a billion taxpayer dollars to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired. Why would a vice president ever be involved in a matter like that and arrogantly abuse his authority and his power and his position to get the prosecutor who we now know was investigating his own son, who was making millions of dollars with the company that the prosecutor that Joe Biden made sure to get fired and consulting fees, millions of dollars. Does it matter that he had zero experience in the energy field, that he had none, zero experience in gas, zero experience in oil, zero experience on anything Ukraine? And then you look at, well, Hunter Biden also flew on Air Force Two and he flew to China with his dad. He's back 14 days and he's got another big deal. This time it is with the Chinese government. For a billion dollars. And later that grew to a billion five. For what? Does he have any expertise in China? Private equity? None. So the Chinese government gave it to this guy with no experience. They didn't go to Morgan Stanley. They didn't go to Goldman Sachs. They didn't go to any of these great, great equity, private equity companies in in the United States. No, they went to Hunter Biden, who they met when his father flew him over to China. Anyway, we continue with Greg Jarrett. By the way, his new book is coming out very shortly. He's destined to be a bestseller. It's called The Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. By the way, Greg, start taking notes because this might be the follow-up, the second greatest mass delusion in American political history. David Schoen, attorney, is uh, back with us as well. By the way, I think you know a little bit about Whitey Bulger, because did you know Hunter Biden was in business with Whitey Bulger's son in this deal? I don't want to tell you a little something there, David Schoen. Yeah, I've read that. <laughs> it's uh, really what's, an amazing fact. What's your take on all this? Oh, come on. It's, uh, this is, I, I guess it's just pl- pressure against Pelosi. I think you should play that tape of her day in and day out. It really doesn't matter what was said on the call. If he spoke to him, the president has the exclusive power to conduct foreign policy under Article two. First of all, the idea that people are listening in on his call is an outrage. But secondly, if the president of the United States can't talk to a leader of a foreign country or a diplomat from a foreign country and insist that uh, they stamp out corruption and investigate corruption, then we're in a very sad state. And by the way, this is more of that double standard we've talked about many, many times. I mean, it's it's really mind boggling. But it's as if AOC and her crowd finally got through to Pelosi. And, you know, they're, they're going to make the same mistake they made with the Mueller thing. I think he shouldn't release the transcript until after they've had this so-called impeachment debate and then stick it in their face. And Greg Jarrett, I mean, at the end of the day, if a vice president abuses his power and authority the way Biden has, obviously, in this case, and then, I mean, the dope bragging about it is probably the greatest tape in the history in terms of Joe Biden's stupidity. And there's a lot of it. I mean, you want to talk about Biden's gaffes. This is probably the best of all. Well, Biden can't help himself. He loves to brag. uh, And, you know, he. 
he, he implicates himself in all kinds of impropriety all the time whenever he opens his mouth. I agree with, um, with David. Article 2 of the Constitution gives the president sweeping powers to conduct foreign affairs. That means you can negotiate with leaders, make demands, offer promises, solicit promises. If we're giving a foreign country aid, we want to make sure that aid is not squandered by corrupt acts. So if the president is asking, um, we want you to stop the corruption that you are so well known for, and we want you to investigate corrupt acts, whether they involve American uh, public officials or not, the president has every right to do that. The Constitution does not grant the power of review or approval or disapproval uh, to some unelected inferior employee in the intelligence community or other unelected officials in the executive branch. So, you know, the, the, uh, once again, as I say before, they're putting the cart before the horse. They don't have the facts, and yet they're, they're calling for impeachment of the president of the United States without even knowing any of the facts. Well, let me go evidence. back, because this is worth playing again, because I want everybody to pay very close attention. Well, if, now that they're going to release the, the unredacted conversation with the president and his uh, counterpart in Ukraine. Okay. I wouldn't imagine that if the white house had anything to hide or was anything that big of a bombshell, they wouldn't do it. But then she goes on, Oh, it doesn't matter if this is it. We'll impeach him for some other reason. We'll just make it up as we go along. Here, listen, there is, uh, according to what we're getting on the screen, there's a little bit of a what you might call now a breaking tweet from the president um, who says that um, tomorrow they will release a transcript of the Zelensky call. So my question to you is, if you see that transcript and it is more benign than we've been led to believe, will you do you think that your caucus might stand down a little bit? Or do you think that the caucus is at a boil right now? I mean, you're going to find out. No, it's not about that. This is about the conversation. Constitution of the United States, and we have many other, shall we say, uh, candidates for impeachable offense in terms of the Constitution of the United States. But this one is the most understandable by the public, and it's really important to know this. It is there is no requirement there be a quid pro quo in the conversation. If the president brings up, he wants them to investigate something. That's to the, of his political opponent. That is self-evident that it is not right. We don't ask foreign governments to help us in our elections. That's what we try to stop with Russia. It's wrong. Excuse me. Uh, that is a lie, too, because Hillary had a, a, a bought and paid for Russian dossier. It's also wrong on the issue of Ukraine because Ukraine was offering to help Hillary and the DNC was seeking out the information to do it. David Schoen, we've covered that extensively. Absolutely. But think about the logic of what she just said. And by the way, the specter of people laughing and clapping, we're talking about engaging the impeachment process and the United States Constitution. But put that aside. What she said is all you have to do is ask a question about someone who's a political opponent, and that's it. That's a violation of our Constitution. So anybody, any crook, can just gain immunity by running for president, and our president isn't allowed to ask a leader of a foreign country to investigate corruption if it has anything to do with that person. That person now has immunity. And by the way, if you do ask it, you've committed an impeachable offense. It's absolutely absurd. This is Alice in Wonderland. Well, I agree with that, too. And but all right. So now where is this all going to end, do you think? 
Greg Jarrett. You know, go ahead, Greg. I I think Nancy Pelosi will move full steam ahead because she's being pressured uh, by, you know, members of her caucus who don't know the first thing about the Constitution. And frankly, given what Pelosi just said, she doesn't know anything about the Constitution either. Uh, you know, if the president of the United States uh, knows of a, a vice president engaged in an allegedly corrupt act with a foreign nation, it's incumbent upon that president to not only investigate it here in the United States, but ask the foreign government to investigate and produce any relevant evidence they have. If the president didn't do that and knew about it, uh, he would be derelict in his duty. So it seems to me that Nancy Pelosi needs to brush up on constitutional law, uh, and and she's the House Speaker. So before she engages in a constitutional uh, act, such as impeachment, she ought to know the, the basis for it. Well, I don't think the basis matters at this point. How does the American people, how do the American people react to this? Because, you know, we've just been through three years of this crap. They don't even they don't even care if it's about Ukraine. They just want to impeach him anyway. How do they react to a party that is obsessed with hating one guy? How do they react to their impeachment obsession, their Trump obsession? And will there be a political price to pay for not doing anything to help the American people? That's right. And how do the people who are you know looking and waiting for legislative policy that the president's trying to put forward? How do they feel when they're told by Jerry Nadler or Nancy Pelosi or whoever that, no, the more important thing is finding some basis for impeachment? Because you know what? It doesn't look like we can win the election. Therefore, we've got to you know, engage impeachment. Sure, some people are you know, interested. They hear sexy facts or something like that. They want to follow it. But at the end of the day, I think the American people are sick and tired of it. Go head to head on policy. That's what this country is about. Not this cheap shot business is going on. I think Pelosi made a classic mistake here if she's going to be letting herself be steamrolled into pursuing this thing. And remember, at the end of the day, the president says, we haven't heard the transcript yet, but he's asking for an investigation. How can that possibly be objectionable? Let's get the facts. That's an investigation. All right. Thank you both, David Schoen. Thank you, Greg Jarrett. Thank you. Uh, Great perspective from both of you. Uh, All right. We got a lot more to get to today. Uh, We'll get into more of this. Uh, Jeff uh, Lord will join us, Kaylee McEnany, and we're awaiting Nancy Pelosi will formally announce the impeachment inquiry because they've been meeting for the last hour. All right. Speaker Pelosi expected to formally announce an impeachment inquiry over what? That is the great mystery of the ages. Even she doesn't know. And she's even saying, well, even when the president releases the unredacted portions of the conversation with the Ukrainian president, if it's not the bombshell we thought, we're still going to move forward with the impeachment inquiry because that's who we are. That's what we do. And, you know, otherwise we may actually have to work for the American people. This is going to boomerang. Mark my words. All right, Nancy Pelosi taking to the podium to announce the impeachment inquiry. Here's what she's saying. Last Tuesday, we observed the anniversary of the adoption of the Constitution on September 17th. Sadly, on that day, the intelligence community inspector general formally notified the Congress that the administration was forbidding him from turning over a whistleblower complaint on Constitution Day. This is a violation of law. Shortly thereafter, press reports began to break of a phone call by the President of the United States calling upon a foreign power to intervene in his election. 
This is a breach of his constitutional responsibilities. The facts are these. The Intelligence Community Inspector General, who was appointed by President Trump, determined that the complaint is both of urgent concern and credible. And its disclosure, he went on to say, relates to one of the most significant and important of the Director of National Intelligence's responsibility to the American people. On Thursday, the Inspector General testified before the House Intelligence Committee stating that the acting Director of National Intelligence blocked him from disclosing the whistleblower complaint. This is a violation of law. The law is unequivocal. The DNI staff, uh, it, it says the DNI, DNI, Director of National Intelligence, shall provide Congress the full whistleblower complaint. For more than 25 years, I've served on the Intelligence Committee as a member, as the ranking member, as part of the Gang of Four, even before I was in the leadership. I was there when, uh, when we created the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. That did not exist before 2004. I was there even earlier in the 90s when we wrote the whistleblower laws and continued to write them to improve them to ensure the security of our intelligence and the safety of our whistleblowers. I know what their purpose was, and we proceeded with balance and caution as we wrote the laws. I can say with authority the Trump administration's actions undermine both our national security and our intelligence and our protections of the whistleblowers, more than both. This Thursday, the acting DNI will appear before the House Intelligence Committee. At that time, he must turn over the whistleblower's full complaint to the committee. He will have to choose whether to break the law or honor his responsibility to the Constitution. On the final day of the Constitutional Convention in 1787, when our Constitution was adopted, Americans gathered on the steps of Independence Hall to wait the news of the government our founders had crafted. They asked Benjamin Franklin, what do we have, a republic or a monarchy? Franklin replied, a republic if you can keep it. Our responsibility is to keep it. Our republic endures because of the wisdom of our Constitution enshrined in three co-equal branches of government serving as checks and balances on each other. The actions taken to date by the president have seriously violated the Constitution, especially when the president says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. And this week, the President has admitted to asking the President of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. The, action of the, the actions of the Trump presidency revealed dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable, 
no one is above the law. Getting back to our founders, in the darkest days of the American Revolution, Thomas Paine wrote, the times have found us. The times found them to fight for and establish our democracy. The times have found us today, not to place ourselves in the same category of greatness as our founders, but to place us in the urgency of protecting and defending our Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the words of Ben Franklin, to keep our republic. I thank our chairman, Chairman Chairman Nadler, Chairman Schiff, Chairman Nadler of Judiciary, Chairman Schiff of Intelligence, Chairman Engel of Foreign Affairs, Chairman Cummings uh, of, of uh, Oversight, and Chairman Cummings I've been in touch with constantly. He's a master of, of so much, but including uh, inspectors general and, and uh, whistleblowers. Uh, Congresswoman Richie Neal of the, of the uh, Ways and Means Committee, Congresswoman Maxine Waters of the Foreign, uh, Financial Services Committee. Uh, and I commend all of our, our members, our colleagues, for their thoughtful, thoughtful approach to all of this, for their careful statements. God bless them, and God bless America. Thank you all. One of the, uh, this is, just mark this moment, because what what we've now done in Washington, what, what is now unfolding, is a witch hunt of unprecedented proportions. They don't even know a single thing about this particular conversation, except what one so-called whistleblower had to say that wasn't a whistleblower. I mean, that 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 in and of itself is stunning. They don't even know, you know, they're, they're making claims this is an impeachable offense. What is the high crime and misdemeanor? What do they even know? They don't know a thing. But as we played in the last segment, Nancy Pelosi said, well, if it comes out and it's not what we want, we'll just find another reason to impeach. Here's what there is. Uh, according to what we're getting on the screen, there's a little bit of a what you might call now a breaking tweet from the president um, who says that um, tomorrow they will release a transcript of the Zelensky call. Yeah. So my question to you is, if you see that transcript and it is more benign than we've been led to believe, will you do you think that your caucus might stand down a little bit no. or do you think that the caucus is at a boil right now. I mean, you're going to find out. No, it's not about that. This is about the Constitution of the United States. And we have many other, shall we say, uh, candidates for impeachable offense in terms of the Constitution of the United States. But this one is the most understandable by the public. And it's really important to know this. It is, there is no requirement there be a quid pro quo in the conversation. Ah, well. If the president brings up he wants them to investigate something. That's to the, of his political opponent. That is self-evident that it is not right. We don't ask foreign governments Excuse to help me. us. Excuse me. Excuse me. That is a lie, too, because it was Barack Obama and his political team that literally actively sought to unseat Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu our closest ally in the Middle East. What does it mean when Obama says, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election? What is that? What is, if at the end of the day, they cared so much about Russian interference, 
Well, then why is it when we got information, which is credible, the Ukrainians wanted to give us information that they were solicited to help Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election? Nobody was interested because they couldn't bludgeon Trump with that. Or if, you know, we're talking about dirt and foreign influence in our election system, how is it that none of these people cared at all about a bought and paid for Russian dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton, unverified, uncorroborated, all of it, and then used as a backdoor, as a predicate, to lie and, and a pre, even after warnings, premeditated fraud on a FISA court for the purpose of taking away one American's constitutional rights and then having a backdoor into spying on all things Trump campaign, Trump transition, and then the Trump presidency. And that was one of numerous ways that they were spying on then candidate, then transition team, and then President Trump. We know what happened with the outsourcing of intelligence gathering to circumvent American laws by getting our allies, Italy, Great Britain, and Australia, and others to do the spying that would otherwise be illegal here. David Schoen, your reaction, attorney. What I think we've seen, uh, if it wasn't the case before, is Nancy Pelosi has forfeited any role in history ever that she could have had at being a respected leader. I've been engaged in constitutional litigation for 35 years. The very specter of her invoking the founding fathers who would turn over in their grave if they heard what she just said is a disgrace. Um, so listen, to, she said two things now about what's impeachable, about what the president did. She said in the earlier tape that if he asks a question or suggests an investigation about someone who happens to be a political op opponent, that speaks for itself, that's impeachable. She just said in her speech now announcing the uh, impeachment inquiry, that because his conversation would benefit him politically, it's impeachable. Well, if you follow that through, then if he makes a deal with China, everybody thinks that's a great thing. He benefited himself politically. He should be impeached for making that deal. If he shuts down Iran, he should be impeached. It's absolutely absurd. It's one of the greatest acts of desperation I've seen. And when she announces the chairman heads there, it's like murderer's row. She announces the chairman heads and compliments them investigation. Jerry Nadler hired two people as a so-called investigators who wrote articles about why the president engaged in obstruction of justice before the Mueller investigation happened. They were dead wrong as a matter of fact and law. They had their minds made up and the American taxpayers are paying for them now to be investigators. This is horrific. Well, it's horrific, but it's happening. And I think what we are going to see here is that the American people are going to see that this is just another obsessive, compulsive hatred of Donald Trump move on their part. And oh, now, now it's official. And I'm going to tell you the other thing politically you have to pay attention to here is that Nancy Pelosi it has been pressured. I have been saying she is speaker in name only. That's all she is. She's not Absolutely. the speaker. This is the new radical, extreme, socialist, democratic party. The base of this party now has forced her hand. And that means every single Democrat and every district that Trump won is now likely in jeopardy of losing. They don't care. They'll go on a suicide mission and throw everybody else overboard if that's what it takes to get Donald Trump. I'll give you the last word. we got to take a break. You're 100% right. It's not coincidental that just the day before, AOC went after Pelosi again. This is a Congress now on the Democratic side run by AOC, Tlaib, Omar, Presley, and that crowd. And the others are all intimidated by him. It's shocking. It's, it's who they are.
All right. Thank you, David Schoen. All right. As we uh, roll along. All right. Official impeachment inquiry. It doesn't mean what you think. I'm telling you right now, this is all a political game. You know, when you really think of um, I know you've got your Trump haters out there. And what's happened now to the Democratic Party is they are now so dominated by the radical left you know, th- this this is all that they can see. It is like a tunnel vision. There's no high crime. There's no misdemeanor. There is nothing untoward about a president of the United States. Now, constitutionally, if Nancy Pelosi ever really cared about the Constitution, she would know that the president is the commander in chief. And knowing how upset everybody was about election interference, Well, when we reported with John Solomon, investigative reporter in The Hill, we went into a deep dive into this on this show yesterday. TV last night. We'll do it again tonight. Pointed out that, yeah, there was a solicitation of Democratic DNC people to Ukraine in their outreach, trying to dig up dirt on Paul Manafort and the Trump campaign. Now, hang on a second. Is that the very same thing? But. The favor, the good news in all of this is what they have done as it relates to sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe 30330, because now Joe Biden will be scrutinized. And now Joe Biden will have to answer for his abuse of power. And that is using taxpayer dollars to literally a billion dollars. And bragging about it later, that he demanded that a prosecutor in Ukraine be be fired or they're not getting the billion dollars. Does that not sound like a bigger abuse of power? And if the president's on the phone with the new president of Ukraine, whose entire platform was cleaning up all the corruption in Ukraine, and that included their efforts to help Hillary Clinton as admitted with evidence that they have offered us that we haven't taken them up on yet. And if the president is talking to him about that corruption, well, then it would certainly naturally dovetail into what is clearly something else, which is, oh, that is a Joe Biden. Yeah. And his son, he'd never had any experience in gas, energy, oil. And the fact that he was hired means that well, it looks like they were trying to buy influence of Joe Biden. Now that has to be examined thoroughly. And then when we go to the China issue, he had no he had no background or experience in private equity either. That turned out to be a one billion dollar boom, you know, boom for the Bidens. And then later, one point five billion. No experience. We'll continue. This week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. The action of the Trump, the actions of the Trump presidency revealed dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. 
What is going on is that the president has committed several impeachable offenses. He himself, what he has admitted to is already impeachable, regardless of uh, future developments. What he has already admitted to is an impeachable offense, among others. Um, I anticipate and I, I believe there'll be discussion as to whether when we draft or when the judiciary uh, examines the question on filing potential articles of impeachment, what those articles will include could articulate several different offenses, including emoluments and asking foreign assistance. So it is possible that articles could be encompassing. But with that consideration, I, I defer those to the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, as well as some of the other investigatory. Why do you think it would be a bigger uh, scandal, as you said, that if Congress were not to move forward versus what the president has done? You said it would be a bigger scandal versus than what the president does. Why did you say that? Well, I think we have to hold this president accountable and we have to protect our democracy. And I believe that we'll be doing so right now. There is, uh, according to what we're getting on the screen, there's a little bit of a what you might call now a breaking tweet from the president um, who says that um, tomorrow they will release a transcript of the Zelensky call. So my question to you is, if you see that transcript and it is more benign than we've been led to believe, will you do you think that your caucus might stand down a little bit or do you think that the caucus is at a boil right now? I mean, you're going to find out. No, it's not about that. This is about the Constitution of the United States. And we have many other, shall we say, uh, candidates for impeachable offense in terms of the Constitution of the United States. But this one is the most understandable by the public. And it's really important to know this. It is, there is no requirement there be a quid pro quo in the conversation. If the president brings up, he wants them to investigate something, that's to the, of his political opponent. That is self-evident that it is not right. We don't ask foreign governments to help us in our election. That's what we try to stop with Russia. It's wrong. Yeah, but they never cared about the Russia side at all. Now, did they? Or the Russian dossier or the fact that Ukraine, yeah, wanted to give us evidence because they were trying to help Hillary Clinton in the last presidential election. No, she didn't care about that either. Let me. There's one thing as I listen to this again that really stands out in my mind on this. Um, really, all that happened here now, it went from an impeachment probe. That's all this has been from the get go. This is not new news here. Really, it's just a change in title because, you know, our our formal impeachment inquiry. Well, that's what it's been and and remains. It's been that way all along. You know, if they what she's really she thinks she's clever, they're going to get the bounce in the news cycle by their their closest allies, biggest donors and an extension of of their press office. That would be the mob and the media. But if she really wanted a, a real impeachment inquiry, well, you'd actually have to call a formal House vote with a roll call. And that would mean that every member of her caucus would have to go on the record and they'd have to take a position. And she doesn't want that desperately because she's got a good part of her caucus. And I'm going to scroll these names tonight on on Hannity of Democrats in the House that come from these red districts. In other words, districts that Donald Trump won. They are hanging in the balance as she now must give in to the majority radical wing of her party. And that's why I said this is all because she's not 
in charge as Speaker in the House. She is Speaker in name only. The real Speaker in the House would be the squad, led by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I'll tell you the other side of this, and this might take a while for it to penetrate. But what they're doing here with this rage and psychosis and hate, they are now dragging this country into a fight. And if there's any abuse of power that is going on before our eyes, it would be the Democrats abusing their power. And that is and and I th- look, the president just tweeted presidential harassment. They never saw the transcript of the call. Now, it's funny, you know, this comes three after three hours after Donald Trump had already said that he will release the transcript, the unredacted transcript of the conversation that he had with the Ukrainian president. He's going to release the whole thing. And notice that she said, well, it doesn't have to be a quid pro quo. Yeah, because they now know that that didn't happen. Their original report was not true. Now, we've got to also look into something that is very beyond serious, and that is, okay, who now was listening in on the conversations of the president of the United States of America? Because I'd like to know, you know, if you're going to drag the country into a fight, is this another example of they'll get you six ways in Sunday, as Chuck Schumer said, and they're going to drag the country into a, a fight over What? Donald Trump saying, yeah, we want you to clean up the mess in Ukraine. You ran on a on a a a platform of ending corruption in Ukraine. And yeah, if that means that, you know, things happen with our country, we want to know the truth about what happened here. Because, you know, we do have a constitution with separation of powers. And I can't think of and maybe others can. I can't. A conversation with the president of the United States, the commander in chief and any other world leader. We had it with, oh, we had transcripts of the president with the Australian prime minister, this leader, that. When is when is this now become the new standard? You know, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. And, you know, this dramatic, you know, okay, formal impeachment inquiry. Well, it's always been an impeachment probe. You just change the title. You get a new cycle out of it. It's now formal. Based on what? You don't even have the transcript. No president constitutionally. I don't think. Look, in my case, I don't I don't even think that that they could win this in the Supreme Court, that a president would have to start revealing private conversations with world leaders. Because then there's not going to be a single world leader that'll ever want to talk to a president of the United States again, honestly and truthfully, because they're going to know that one day, whatever they say, well, that might then, you know, be leaked to the press or, or left open somewhere. So now we, so the, the big that we're now moving from an impeachment probe that was never ending from the day Trump won to a formal impeachment inquiry. But we're not going to have the full house of representatives, which by the way is, is needed. Um, we're not going to have these people vote because it's a tough vote for them. And because those red state Democrats and Trump districts, yeah, they're likely going to lose the second they go on the record for this. So 
watch what happens here. Formal impeachment inquiry. It's been an impeachment probe from day one. What do you think the Mueller thing was all about? That was supposed to be their roadmap to impeachment. Now they're just jumping the gun and they're racing to impeachment without any facts. Now, I'm going to tell you, the American people are smart. The American people also know politics at a disgusting gutter level when they see it. And that's what's unfolding right now in this country. And they have a right to be and every American has a right to be and should be outraged by this new radicalism that has emerged and taken over the heart and soul of what was a more reasonable party back in the day. There are no moderate Democrats anymore. And let me add the most important part of this. Everything you're now seeing is about protecting Joe Biden. And I'll take it a step further. And Barack Obama. Because there's no way that the guy, remember, there's no counterintelligence investigation unless it starts with the president of the United States. That would mean that Operation Crossfire Hurricane started in the Oval Office of Barack Obama. Now we have Joe Biden. We know Hunter Biden got more than three million dollars plus in his to his private investment firm with from the United States, literally, and uh and and a Ukrainian gas company that they partnered with immediately just two months, three months after Vice President Joe Biden was appointed to oversee relations with Ukraine. And then Joe Biden was advised by The New York Times that his son was under investigation and his office acknowledged they were aware of the investigation by Ukraine authorities, but that it was Hunter Biden's to deal with, not the vice president. And in December of 2015, Biden makes his first request of the then president of Ukraine to fire the prosecutor leading the investigation into this company, Burisma Holdings, that in fact was paying all this money to a guy that had no background experience in Ukraine, oil, gas, or energy in any way, shape, manner, or form. And in March of 2016, knowing that this investigator was investigating his son and that his son was about to be interviewed in conjunction with the investigation, it's a fact that Biden then leveraged a billion taxpayer dollars. We're going to get lectured about abuse of power and corruption and the Constitution by this insane, radical crowd that wakes up every day in a fit of rage and hatred that has never been able to accept their election loss in 2016. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You might think, oh, this sounds bad. It doesn't. There's nothing bad here. There will be no quid pro quo. They can go and impeach all they want. And I, I, def- I want them all on the record. Nancy Pelosi, up or down, call the roll. Have an up or down vote. Let every one of your members go on record that they support this rush to judgment, this lack of due process, this obsessive, compulsive, psychotic rage and hatred towards a president that you don't like, that has shown nothing but success. The opposite of what we had with eight years of Biden, Obama. And in the process, then we'll also get to deal with Biden's corruption and the other relationships Hillary's Russian dirty dossier and, oh, Obama's influence in Israel and trying to influence that election and the Ukraine influence to try to help Hillary in 2016 and Biden's son capitalizing with no experience 
in multi-million and billion dollar deals, even with the country of China. Let's get a quick call in here. Um, oh, and by the way, yeah, the foreign minister said, no, the president never did any such thing. Uh, Michelle, North Carolina. What's up, Michelle? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say, I think there's four great takeaways from Nancy Pelosi's speech. She admitted that we are a republic. We we are not a democracy. She said that's number one. Number two is she stated that we must protect the Constitution at all costs, which is absolutely true. Number three, she said there should be nobody above the law. Amen to that. And fourth, she said if anybody did anything with a foreign power and to get themselves elected, they should be removed immediately. I think every one of those talking points and every one of those sound bites might come in very handy in the next 14 months. I think that's really well said. By the way, I'm pretty critical of the Republican Party because they're usually weak and ineffective and don't know how to fight. Oh, this is pretty great. Now the RNC has called on Biden to release his transcripts. I think that's fair play. Let's release the transcripts. Ronna McDonald, uh, Ronna McDaniel, rather, sorry, following. I think I almost said Ronald McDonald. Sorry, Ronna. She's a lovely woman. Um In response to Biden's baseless call for impeachment, first it was the Russia hoax. Now it's the Ukraine hoax. Once again, Biden has shown that it's that he's just as extreme as every other 2020 radical socialist Democrat desperate to bring Donald Trump down. And instead of backing a baseless impeachment effort, Biden should be answering for the only scandal that really exists. And that is why a corrupt Ukrainian company paid his son, you know, all of this money to lobby the Obama Biden administration and why Biden leveraged taxpayer dollars and threatened the Ukrainians that they didn't fire the prosecutor in six hours. They ain't getting the money now that the president has authorized the release of the transcript with President Zelensky of Ukraine. We call on Joe Biden to release the transcripts of his calls as vice president with Ukrainian Chinese leaders while his son was conducting shady business deals in those countries. I echo that. I think it's a great idea. All right. We have full coverage of all of this on Hannity tonight. Nine Eastern Fox News with the best lineup and news you won't get from the mob. See you then.